is Melissa Lockard with Steve Berman from the Steamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. We're getting ready for Game 1 of the American League Division Series against the Houston Astros, and the A's have announced Chris Bassett will start Game 1, Sean Manaya will follow Game 2, and the rest of the potential starters, they will TBD depending on how things play out in these first two games. But I think we can both agree that rolling out there with Chris Bassett, the way he looked in that start against the White Sox, and really pretty much all season, seems like a pretty solid call. Yeah, I mean, Chris Bassett's the ace now, and that's undisputed. We kind of knew that going into the postseason, and then he proved it with by far the best start that the A's had, really the only good start that the A's had in those three games. And I guess that he could have taken an extra day of rest to pitch in game two. Bob Melvins and Bassett both said that he felt fine and didn't want another day of rest. And also, I do think that this does open up the possibility to where if it does go to a game five and they need him, he can come out there and, you know, maybe give him a couple innings. Yeah, I think that he's definitely a guy who seems like his his arm bounces back pretty quickly, which I'm sure is something that factors into a lot of these decision-making. You know, one of the other things probably that'll come into play a little bit is if they need to use one of their starters in game one or two as a reliever, you know, they'll look at guys that maybe bounce back pretty quickly, which would, I think, would put Frankie Montas on the top of the list of potential starters to come out as a reliever, just because uh, Melvin has noted before that his arm tends to recover quicker than pretty much anyone else on the staff. But of course, they hope not to have to worry about that if they can get starts similar to the two of the three that Bassett threw against the Astros during the regular season and the one that Manaya threw on September 10th, which was probably the best A start of the season period, just given how efficient and dominant he was in those seven innings. You know, they're hoping maybe they don't need to overwork their bullpen in those first two games. Yeah, if they can get six or seven from both of them, then they're set up because they have a pretty deep bullpen. As anyone listening to this knows, the bullpen's been carrying them pretty much for the entire season. And Bassett today, uh, you know, he's always great on, you know, even this Zoom call environment, which is not optimal for for anyone, you know, especially when people forget to that they're muted and try to ask a question, which I've done once or twice this year. But Bassett's always great. And one thing that was uh, enlightening that he said today was, you mentioned he had two really good starts against Houston. The first one, one earned run in seven innings. And then the, the third one was seven shutout innings. But that one in the middle was in Houston and during that really weird stretch of the season for them. And he gave up he had his worst start of the year, really. It was four earned runs and a couple of homers in three innings. And he said that he kind of sounds like he kind of writes that start off because he wasn't mentally or physically prepared to pitch that game because he was ready to pitch in Texas. And then that game was postponed as they, uh, you know, recognized uh, social injustice. And then they went to Houston and he said that he was, his mind wasn't quite there. His body wasn't quite there. I mean, that's a good sign because I think confidence is really the thing that's taken Bassett's game up to another level. He's always had nice stuff, but this year you could just tell that he really feels like he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And so to have that confidence of pitching well against the Astros and be able to write off that bad start, I think is a good sign. Yeah, and I liked what he said uh, in that conference, too, about, you know, the fact that this team knows him so well, that he knows them so well, and it's really going to just come down to who has the better day. And, you know, he sort of seemed like he relished that sort of challenge. I mean, it is a challenge. There's nothing that he can throw them that they haven't seen before. There's probably no approach that, that they can take at the plate against him, you know, minus banging trash cans or something that he hasn't seen before himself. So, you know, you're looking at a, a real challenge situation where talent is going to go up against talent, and he 
likes, you know, how he stacks up that way. And I think that is a, a really good way to go into a series like this because, you know, the, the Astros, despite their up and down regular season, have every reason to come into this series feeling confident. You know, they're probably kind of approaching the regular season the way sort of the Warriors approach their regular seasons the last few years in that they knew it didn't really matter, that it was all sort of setting up for this postseason. They probably looked at the fact that it was an expanded uh, playoff kind of roster and figured it wasn't going to be that hard to make the postseason. So I'm expecting them to look a lot more like the 2019 Astros than the uh, 2020 Astros in this series, with the caveat, of course, that they've already lost a good portion of the starting rotation that got them as far as they did in 2019. Not having Justin Verlander and some of their key bullpen guys, you know, is is something that's not going to be able to be fixed before this series. But I, I would think from an offensive perspective, and they didn't necessarily show a lot in Minnesota, but when it mattered, they did. You know, it's a very veteran lineup. It's a lineup that hits the ball hard, that gets the ball in the air. And in this stadium, uh, in Dodger Stadium, playing during the day in the heat, that that could play up for them in a way that it hasn't played up for them in the regular season. So I expect it to be a very lively series. Yeah, I think uh, there's been a lot of questions about that in terms of (laughs) is Dodger Stadium now a a hitter's ballpark, and especially during the day if it's going to be warm and all these games. I mean, the the first game's at 1 o'clock, and then the second game's at 1.35, and then the next three uh, are scheduled for 12.35. So you're going to have sunny days, probably the ball flying out, so the key will definitely be keeping the ball in the ballpark for sure. I thought you actually asked a real interesting question to Bassett too, just about his relationship with Sean Mania, which we've been following. We've mentioned this on the pod before, how in the, you know, that little section behind the dugout where they'd sit under canopies, those two are bosom buddies and, and always messing around and kind of keeping everything loose. And you asked him about that. And he, and he said that, that, you know, they're both goofballs to a certain extent. And, and that even that Liam Hendricks actually called Chris Bassett a toddler at some point too. A lot of what I've noticed this year, because, you know, with the A's, kind of struggling offensively at the end and having some injuries and some other difficulties and starting out hot and then kind of, you know, not looking quite like themselves at the finish. You know, people asking them questions about, oh, are you worried about this? Are you worried about that? And they've always been so confident. I mean, and to the point where they're like, they kind of dismiss those those doubts. Like, what are you talking about? We're the A's. We're the AL West champs and we're really good. I don't know why you guys are bringing up that kind of stuff. And I think Bassett is kind of the leader in that one too. So, It'll be fun to see, you know, obviously I think Bassett's going to set the tone early and then his buddy Manaya, who didn't pitch in the last series, but, you know, looked really good near the end of the year to kind of take the ball and see if he can kind of uh, continue what Bassett's been doing. Yeah, and Sean got his last start actually at Dodger Stadium. So even though it was against the Dodgers and not at the Astros, it's obviously um, kind of a similar type of lineup, very veteran, very postseason uh, experienced. That They were really getting themselves ready for the postseason in that game. And, and you know, of the three games, the, Manaya had the best start of uh, any A starter in that series. So, you know, he probably feels comfortable going up there on that Dodger Stadium mound, um, which I think, you know, probably has – some good effect. It is weird to be playing in a stadium that neither team plays in regularly. Both of them got one road series there, you know, this season, but it's not like they go in there every year. Um, So it it is definitely kind of a strange sort of situation. And I I mean, I guess somewhat equivalent to what happens in the NFL when all of a sudden you're playing the Super Bowl in a different uh, environment. But of course, an NFL field is the same regardless. So it's um, kind of new territory for baseball in general right now. We've, We've transitioned 
transition now to an even weirder part of the year if this weird could you know season couldn't get any stranger and it's going to be interesting to see what if any effect that has and just you know even when outfielders are running down um, balls in the corner and all that sort of stuff that they just don't have the familiarity with this stadium that you would have you know say they were playing this at Angel Stadium instead so you know I think there's going to be all sorts of interesting storylines I saw Josh Reddick's quote yesterday that said well if we beat the bullpen we beat those guys which I mean you know that's like saying kind of if you score more runs you're going to win a game but in the brilliance of of Josh Reddick and his quotes but I think you know if (laughs) if it does come down to a bullpen series in the way that's in some respects the White Sox series did the A's have to like their chances in that respect just given that the Astros have had so many injuries and have had to rely on so many young pitchers in their bullpen so you know maybe Josh Reddick will be prophetic in um, turning you know what the kind of key moment you know key point of the series is going to be I imagine the bullpen will play a big role regardless it's kind of funny too because the Astros don't have the dominant starting pitching that they did last year with Cole and Verlander they haven't even named a game one starter yet I would have to assume it's Greinke uh Greinke though over the last uh, month or so you know, his, his last outing pitching six innings was actually against the A's on September 8th. Since then, five innings, five runs, five innings, three runs, four and two thirds innings, three runs. And all those were losses for the Astros. And so was the one against the A's, too. He, he had four straight losses to end his season. And then he only threw four innings in the ALDS against Minnesota. He only gave a one run and, uh, you know, pitched fine. And, and I guess that's okay. 79 pitches in four innings. I guess his pitch count was up a little bit. But you, th- you have to imagine that it's not something that we're going to be expecting anymore in six innings out of Granky unless something crazy happens. So the bullpen's going to be a factor for the Astros as well. It'll be interesting to see if they... Because that's, that's what the A's have been feasting all season long is they grind these pitchers in the, in the beginning to get their pitch counts up. And sometimes they have success. Sometimes they start out a little slow in the game, but still get that pitch count up. And then when the relievers come in, and that's what that's what happens, and they actually take advantage. So I don't know. I mean, Reddick's saying that, and I think Reddick is you know just trying to probably light a spark under his team. And that the team's probably a little upset about the way that people talk about them this year and has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for obvious reasons. But I don't think that the A's have a disadvantage with bullpens. Yeah, no. And and um, the way that the Astros manage that three-game wildcard series, of course, is going to be a lot different than it would go a five-game series with no potential off days. Um, they were able to sort of double up, you know, behind Granke and, and Lance McCullers um, and bringing in, you know, guys that had been stretched out as starters behind them. Um, and they're going to have to I would assume, keep those guys in the rotation and uh, turn to actual relievers in those middle innings, um, you know, in, in this series. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Obviously, uh, the Astros cannot be taken lightly under any circumstances, just given the bulk of experience they come in with and the, the talent that's still on that roster. But it should be a, a fun game one. And we're planning on coming back at with podcast after every game of this series so we hope you turn in and enjoy and and feel free to send us any questions on twitter if you want us to address any of those in any of these podcasts and uh, thank you so much for listening the athletic is the world's fastest growing sports media publication get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com backslash google thank you so much for listening we'll be back after game one and again hit us up on twitter if you have any questions